Welcome to Lady Up and Don't Quit. You're not a quitter. You would not be listening to a podcast like this if you were. You've got this. And hey, I've got you. Today's guest is going to make you feel so much better. I promise. We're going to be talking with Judith Hill today of Judith Hill Photography. She's one of the most popular branding photographers specializing in women here in the Nashville area. And she's my friend. And we're not going to be talking about photography today. What we're going to be talking about is how women feel unseen, how women feel insignificant or invisible, or they don't feel beautiful anymore. Maybe they're in that comparison with other people, or even more importantly, that comparison with the old version of themselves. We're going to be talking about lots of amazing stuff today. I'm not even taking commercial breaks because we've got so much great content coming your way. So settle in get focused, turn off your notifications, and just lean in for some really good food for the soul today. We'll be right back with Judith Hill and hang in there. Hi, Judith. Welcome to the show. Hi, Diane. Hello, everyone. So glad you're here today. I think that the information you're going to be sharing with our listeners is so super valuable. Ladies, whatever you're doing right now, I hope you'll turn off your notifications that you'll really zone into this podcast because I think you're going to hear things today that could be game changers for you. Today, we're going to be talking about how to truly be seen. Judith is a professional photographer here in Nashville, but she specializes in women and particularly in branding women, capturing of women's essence. And what, I mean, I'm not reading anything. I'm just sharing from my heart what I can tell you from from working with Judith and sending numerous clients to her is that she is gifted in the area of helping women to not only be seen by the world for their true personality and their true, like I said, essence, but helping women see themselves in a whole new light. And that is why I thought it would be valuable to bring her on the podcast today and just let her share, you know, from her side of the camera, what she sees when she looks through, but in those reveals where, you know, the women are coming in and they're seeing themselves for the first time in these gorgeous portraits that she captures. um, Let's explore how women either don't see themselves in a healthy or maybe in a, in a helpful way and how they think others see them that may be a little bit distorted. And we're so hard on ourselves, aren't we as women? Oh my gosh, we are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> we are so terrible. Um, you know, just a real quick sidebar. I watched this movie last night called um, I, I Feel Pretty with Amy Schum- Amy the Comedian. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, she, like, is so down on herself. She has bad body image, bad self-esteem, and she's, like, in a spin class, and she falls and hits her head, and then she wakes up, and all of a sudden, she's, like, she hasn't changed at all, but she, like, perceives herself as this, like, hot, tin, fit, (laughs) fat woman, and it's hilarious. It's awesome. Great message. Uh, But anyway, she goes through this whole movie, and then eventually she has another accident, hits her head, and then she reverts back to how she really saw herself. But when she's, you know, seeing herself as this hot woman, she's, like, getting landing jobs and, like, has all this confidence and getting, like, all these great men. And anyway, it's it's a great movie. But uh, so I say say that to say that – 
you know, our perception of ourselves and how we carry ourselves affects our whole, you know, all of our, our life. And so in all areas of our life, you know, I was in a, I'm a yogi. So I was in a yoga class last week and the teacher uh, said, watch your emotions because your emotions become your thoughts and watch your thoughts because your thoughts become your actions and watch your actions because your actions become your habits. I was like, wow, that's so true. And so thinking in those lines of like our feelings and our thoughts and our perceptions, you know, we've been gathering opinions about ourselves our whole life. You know, not feeling seen at some point is very common. It's actually how I became a photographer. I was in a relationship I did not feel seen. I was in a job that I didn't feel seen in. And I needed a creative outlet. I needed something. So I picked up a camera and I learned how to use it. And I knew I had an eye, but I had never formally tried to take photographs. I didn't pick a camera up until I was 28 years old, 29 maybe. Um, and I learned how to use it and I became like some people would say obsessive, <laughs> but, but it was just <laughs> my passion all of a sudden. I was like, I have to see. My purpose is to lift people up and empower them through photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I truly believe that the beauty that's in, within me honors and recognizes the beauty in other people. And then I have the ability to bring it out, capture it, and show it back to them. And that is the premise of my entire business. That is why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been there. I haven't, felt, I haven't felt seen. And so I think a lot of times we don't feel seen because, like I said, our whole life, people have been telling us a little bit about who we are. You know, oh, you've got your mother's eyes, you know, your father's hair, or, you know, thank goodness you look like your mother, not your father. <laughs> you know, people just say the craziest things. Yeah. But then sometimes they, they'll, if you like, if you have siblings, like say there's, you know, there's two sisters and one's the smart one and one's the pretty one. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, if you're the smart one, you're like, well, my sister's the pretty one and I'm just the smart one. So then you, you know, so it can alter your, um, the way you see yourself. Um, and people, they, they do it all the time. I mean, I feel like to say that there are things that happen to us along the way that can mold how we see ourselves. And it's so, we have these lenses soldered to our face and we develop these lenses over time and it's how we see the world. And, and we, and the way we see the world, it depends on a lot of various factors of, of things that you've experienced in your life. It certainly can be the way that you see yourself. And so Sometimes we compare ourselves a lot to other people, to other women, to friends, to, um, you know, whoever our heroes are, you know, we can't, we can't do that because we don't know what's going on in their lives or their true story or or whatever. And so comparison is going to rob you of your joy in every aspect of your life. If you start comparing, you're going to, you're going to, it's just going to take the joy and spark away. So we don't want to do that. And a lot of times when looking in the mirror, we might compare ourselves to a younger version. Um, we might compare our, you know, say our bodies to, I have, you know, lots of friends that have had children and they'll just say, my body's not the same. Mm-hmm. Or you've had surgery. I've had major surgery. Then your body's not the same. For women, a lot of times, we are such nurturers and givers that we just give, give, give to everyone. We give at our jobs. We give to our families. We give to our friends. And then we don't give to ourselves. And sometimes we, we overgive and, and maybe people don't give us the recognition we think we should get or something. And then we just don't feel seen. And so I feel like those kinds of things happen to us, particularly as women. And it kind of alters our perception. And a lot of times it causes us to kind of play it a little small. 
I think you're so spot on. And, you know, what I'd like to hone in on for just a minute is this comparison idea, you know, and I mean, I've just seen this, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, I've heard, you know, I mean, I catch myself doing it. I think we, we as women, we definitely do it. But I know a woman who is just gorgeous. You know, I, when I look at her, I think she's so beautiful. And, you know, she was sharing with me how when she goes to the pool, you know, how she feels so small, how she feels so, I guess, inferior to the other women that are at the pool. And I'm thinking to myself, how can you think that you're so beautiful? You know, but in her mind, you know, in her mind, she is just beating herself up. I think it's true too. like, even with you being a photographer, this might, you know, be something that you've heard before. When I look back at, at older photos, even a few years old or 10 years old, and I think about the thought storms that were going on in my mind when at that time, how much I was beating myself up with my own self-image. And I look at the photos and I'm like, what was I so hard on myself for? I was beautiful. I was, I, I, I didn't look near as bad as I thought I did, you know, but in, in my mind at the time, I was making those comparisons. And I think there's some kind of grace that happens when we look back on ourselves, but in the moment, like in the right now, we, we just have mm-hmm. to learn to be more gentle and kind with ourselves. And yeah, maybe you don't have the baby body anymore or the pre-baby body anymore, but it doesn't mean you're not still beautiful. Yes. It's funny because I've heard two scenario, two, two different scenarios. When you were talking, I heard one client, um, she literally, she came in and she bought her husband. She's like, we're 60 and it's not getting any better than this. And I got to have two outfit pictures. And I'm like, I was like, die. I was like, okay. And then I had a 50 year old woman that come in at one point at 50 something. She might be 55. I can't remember. She's in her 50s. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Stunning. And, but she was very aware of how her body had changed from 50 to 40 and she was rocking at 40 according to herself. And 50 is a little bit different. Uh, you know, it's, it's the things that, that I connect with are the eyes. The eyes is where the beauty shines out. Mm-hmm. And your and your energy that you bring into a room, you know, going back to that, I feel pretty moody. That's all about the energy and how she was carrying herself that made her so attractive. And that's yeah. true. And that has, and, and if you go back to what I said about the yogi term, then that means that your emotions, how you're feeling and your thoughts and actions are all tied in. And so how we're carrying ourselves um, really is what's so beautiful about it. It's not the yeah. outside you know, but it's bringing that out, you know, or or, or like allowing it to come out in every situation of your life. You know, men get better with age. Salt and pepper is handsome. (laughs) Women are like, oh my God, look at this line in my arms or whatever. (laughs) I hear hear it all the time. But you know, celebrate each line. I mean, we're alive, you know, it's like, it's that's beautiful. Like that, and you know, evolving and growing. And what if you were able to capture that from young, young childhood to the end? Your whole life. Yeah. You know, and yeah. photographs. How beautiful would that be? Like every pound that you gained and lost, because we do it all the time, you know. And, and you know, it's, it's just, it's your life, and it should be celebrated, and we need to stop worrying so much about, you know, our, our bodies and how, we're, how we look and comparing. It, it, I mean, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I am just like everyone else. I am hyper aware of all of my, my, my perceived flaws perceived meaning I perceive them as flaws whatever they are mm-hmm. uh, like I think I have a big nose it's got a hump I've broken it a few times you know it's like <laughs> uh, you know everybody's got a thing and we're hyper aware of it 
just we need to just give ourselves some grace, you know? The woman is the most beautiful human on the planet. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that not every culture in the world does this. Outside of America, there's a lot of cultures out there that they they don't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. If you're really, really curvy, then you have a lot of money because you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like you know only in America. We, yeah. Like, curvy girl. Oh, she's rich. I mean, it's yeah. cultures in this world. It's our humanity, you know, to, to compare, I think, but it's, it's not productive. It's counterproductive in all areas of your life. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, Judith. You are so spot on. The grace that we give ourselves can add to or take away from our level of anxiety, our level of stress, our level of confidence in the world. So Judith, you've got an amazing story that I would I would really invite you to share with our listeners today because I think it'll help to really frame um, this topic of why our existence really shouldn't be built around our self-image, at least a negative self-image. So would you share with them what you've been through? Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. I would love to. Um, So I always say that photography is evidence we exist in this world. It's going to outlive me. It would outlive children. It would actually be passed down in generations. So, you know, it comes back to this thing about, you know, not only in just photography, but like, what is your legacy? And what, how are you leaving the world? How are you leaving every person that you encounter? Like, you know, kind of thinking about what you leave behind. And so, you know, I've come to think of these things uh, at a very young age of, you know, existence and purpose. Because when I was 17 years old, I was in a near fatal car accident. I ultimately saved myself and the driver. I almost died. I'm so lucky to even be here. I could have died multiple times. I put my seatbelt on right before we wrecked. My, I was nervous and scared. My intuition, my guide, God, whatever you believe, was like, put that seatbelt on. And so anyway, I put the seatbelt on and it saved my life. It also severed my colon in two. Hmm. And so I'm missing one foot of my colon. It was completely severed. One half was laying on top of the other half. There were days in the hospital where they couldn't even figure out what was wrong with me. I couldn't hold anything down. I couldn't hold scat, cat, cat scan fluid down. Um, I ended up having to put like a, a camera on a tube down my throat into my stomach to figure out that my colon was severed. And so then they, they we did surgery. Um, and my mom was like, please sold her, you know, she's 17, please like make the scar as minimal as possible and all this stuff. So they did. But then bowel got loose in my stomach. And so then it gets septic or whatever. It's really toxic. Uh, I I also had a half scratch lung. I had a broken nose. I like didn't have an eyelid. I mean, I was, I hit the, I mean, the seatbelt, I hit the roof of the car. So the seatbelt kept me into the car, but it also cut my colon. And, um, you know, that, so they had to rush me to, I'm from a small town in West Tennessee, so they had to rush me to uh, Memphis and do this emergency procedure that ultimately had like an, an inch and a half and a two inch deep hole above and below my belly button. And then that healed itself up. And I, and I failed that to say that, you know, <laughs> who cares about this, the tiny scar? Because I mean, now I have a, a scar from my breastbone uh down all the way down my stomach 
Mm. Thankfully, my boyfriend, he thinks scars are sexy. <laughs> he's a brain cancer survivor so he has a nice scar too so it, we are a household that thinks scars are sexy um, <laughs> so uh yeah and and so I could have I could have not put my seatbelt on if I wasn't 17 years old and in such good physical condition I wouldn't have made it through that uh you know and had they not gotten you know the septic taken care of uh I don't know if I'm using the right word but it's extremely toxic when your bile is loose in your body Mm -hmm. um, so I'm very, very lucky to be here. I was um, starting point guard for our varsity basketball team when I was a freshman in high school. When this car wreck happened, it was my senior year, and I was the basketball captain and the point guard and all of that. And so the surgeons came to my room, and they were like, well, you're not, you're not playing basketball this season. That's definitely out of the question. Um, so, and you may not play basketball again. And so I was like, well, I'm going to show you, proving you wrong. I mean, stubbornness can also help in life. <laughs> so give me a challenge and I will prove to you that I can. Anyway, so I did. Uh, I did play two games. I scored two points. I got a standing ovation. I had my Rudy's moment. You've seen that movie, Rudy's? Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I still like to say that I overcame a lot of stuff. And in that whole process, I thought, well, God, I was, I was spared for a reason. You know, there's, I've got more to do in this world. Yeah. Uh, so I had this, I, and since then, I've always had this strong sense of purpose, and I believe that we all have it. It's up to us to, you know, live up to it. And so I also think it's that life is so precious that we, it's worth celebrating. You yeah. know, all the moments are worth celebrating. All the years. You know, it's like, Everyone, you know, you are like here and valuable. And it's an amazing miracle that you're even here. And so it should be celebrated. And we should not be afraid to celebrate our life, uh, to celebrate the big moments and the small moments, to capture our life. Like we are here and that's a gift. And I truly believe that because I know that I, three times couldn't have been here mm. um, in that whole scenario. And so there was this great sense of purpose of thinking, well, why was I spared? And that's kind of a deep maybe thought for a 17-year-old, but it was very profound at the time. Um, you know, had, the other thing is that, like, had I – the car blew up. And so had we not gotten out, definitely would have blown up in the car. And mm. I was in the, I'm from the rural West Tennessee, and so – I was also on a country road, and so I'm lucky that someone drove by. Yeah. And there's no cell phones then. Not really. I think um. I shared one with my mom. And so, you know, it's this whole thing of, and I don't think, I think that we sometimes are a, a right now culture, an instant gratification culture, um, very tied to uh, kind of getting, a, not, not approval, but like, you know, like how many likes do I get on this Facebook post? Well, I mean, who really cares? Like, um, it needs to be more of thinking, how can I impact people's lives around me? How can I, how am I, what am I bringing to this room, to this home? And, you know, you don't have to think about it all the time, but it's something that, that we're not as aware of, of our legacy and what we're leaving behind because we're so in the moment of right now and then moving to the next thing immediately. And what's so interesting, yeah, and what's so interesting about that is that the less focused we are on how many likes we're getting or how, you know, or, or our body image or whatever it might be, the more focused we are on 
um, purpose of our lives, like you just talked about, and the important, the truly, truly important things in our life, and serving people in a in a very profound way, the more focused we are on those things, all of a sudden, the more likes go up <laughs> on our social media, well, or the more are drawn to that. It's true, but also, you know, I think, um, you know, there's there's also the fulfillment that we receive from always going back to what we believe our purpose is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we go back to our our strong beliefs, our you know our purpose statement of why I started this company or why I joined this team or uh, you know how I want to show up in my life in my community. You know, when you go back to that purpose and you and you think like it's like before each photo shoot, even before this podcast, I set intentions, which are, you know, before this podcast, I thought, all right, well, let's just have this conversation. You know, I, whatever comes up, it's going to be of the highest and greatest good of those listening. It's what maybe someone needs to hear right now. That's what my intention is going to be. Go into a photo shoot. You know, I, my intention is to make this woman feel beautiful. I have the intention of capturing like the best images with the outfits and I, I just have a very intention and I always ask for guidance, you know, like guidance to be creative, guidance to let words flow, guide, you know, whatever the situation is, I always set intention and pray about it and ask for, for help beforehand. And when it's something, you know, that's important, which I would deem a photo shoot important and I would deem this podcast and conversation of utmost importance. Um, and so I think when you can always go back to your purpose, because we're human, you know, we want, we, we, as much as we desire for people to like us, I'm a big people pleaser too. Like I'm probably more worried if you like me and you liked my photographs than I am of like actually getting paid. Um, so, <laughs> So I, I am very guilty of this. Like, oh my God, do they like my thing? Um, do they like my art? Whatever. And so, it, it, but that's all my ego, you know? I mean, so is me comparing myself to other women, to my heroes. Like, I mean, I could post something and be like, well, this is no Annie Leibovitz. Well, no, I'm not Annie Leibovitz. She's been doing this a lot longer than I have. And so I can't compare myself to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, and no one knows your heroes. So you know, it's not helpful. But the bottom line is, is that when we can um, go back to, you know, a foundation, which is not our ego stuff, yeah. because that's what gets us in trouble. It's that fulfillment of this fills my heart with joy to help people or to, you know, whatever people have different things that they like and love. And, and so it's interesting because sometimes I will, my small, I'm, can be terrible small talk sometimes but you know instead of being like look at this great weather oh my gosh this heat or whatever I always want to be like well what do you love what do you love to do and a lot of times people can't answer that question and so there's there and lies something else of getting in tune with that. Judith I am so enjoying our conversation today I think that the women listening this just must be food for the soul. It's food for my soul today. It's good reminders. And, you know, I think what you're sharing here with the women, I'm hoping is going to help them see themselves in a little different light. I'd love to shift for just a minute on how this parlays into their business, into their business world. How, you know, how can a self-image, an enhanced or an improved self-image 
affect their businesses? You know, if you are, are in business, if you own your own business, if you manage a team, if you're in a leadership role, we have to look at our productivity from a holistic point of view. Um, and that starts with our own personal life and our own dialogue inside, internally, our internal dialogue. Uh, because, yeah. you know, you, we're all, we're just these balls of energy. And so we, you know, I was, again, I'd make reference to the, to the yogi term, which was that your emotions become your thoughts, your thoughts become your actions, and your actions become your habits. And so when you think about that, it's all tied together. And that is certainly thoughts, actions, and habits are the things that, you know, you use every day in your business. And so, you know, when we have, when we're comparing or we have a low self-image or, you know, we feel uncertain and we feel afraid, number one, uncertainty and fear are never going to go away. Even the most successful people can sometimes be afraid. Mm-hmm. The, your favorite musician or concert that you go to, that musician, that lead singer could be like getting sick before he goes on stage every time. Mm-hmm. You know, we, <laughs> don't, we don't know. I mean, so, I, you know, I say that to say that, the, that it can, you know, it can stop you in your tracks. Sometimes it can keep you from speaking up in a meeting. Sometimes it can keep you from asking for a raise. Sometimes it can keep you from going after some job uh, or doing something that would propel yourself forward uh, because we are living in, uh, if you're only, you know, if you're in a mindset of I'm maybe I'm not enough or who do I think I am or this person is, you know, we're comparing or whatever. I mean, that will totally stop you. Our own humanity, our fear of, rejection, our fear of saying no, or hearing no, I mean, you get, we're going to hear no, and it's going to be crushing, but you're going to be able to pick it up and, and put one step in front of the other. Um, and so all of these things, because you can't, you know, and so much now with the blurred lines of uh, social media and work and, you know, off, you know, friendships and stuff within the office, and there's a lot of blurry, blurriness that happens in work sometimes. And because of that, it can be very hard to separate. And people always know what's going on because we're posting it all the time, you know, or, well, what we want people to see, I guess, on social media. Um, but all of that just, there's not a lot of, there's a very gray line and there's not a, as much separation. And so it definitely overflows. And you, wanna, and you want to be your best self, which means that you want to do the work in your personal life because that will definitely have an effect on your business mm-hmm. because it's going to give you the confidence to to put yourself out there you know um, I'm a big self-help junkie and so uh, Brene Brown is definitely a person that I've followed and she says courage is allowing ourselves to show up and be seen so not playing it small uh, not shrinking but just showing up standing your sacred ground and showing up and being seen because uh, we had this whole thing of wanting to, you know, maybe not fit in. We want to fit in sometimes. Well, we don't really want to fit in. We want to belong. Yeah, there's a big difference between the two. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a difference. And then there's, you know, and the, also the difference between, you know, shame and guilt is guilt, I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. Guilt is right. productive. Shame is not productive. And That's so good. we have to really keep these things in check. 
all of that mindset, because we can't turn it off, uh, it, we, we take it to work and we take it home. And so if we feel a need to be guarded, we take that to work and we take it home because that armor that we put on is really hard to take off. So what's the point? So you just leave it at home, on at home too. Um, so those are things that we have to be very mindful and aware of in our lives and in business, I think. We need you to show up as your authentic self. We need all the bells and whistles. I, I think a lot of women are, you know, I think they would love to show up stronger. And then, yeah. you know, and we, I know we have talked and you do a lot of work about women and men in the workplace. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting because at one level in the workplace, it might be about 50-50. And I can say this because I was in corporate world for 14 years. I did economic development in a previous life. And so there's a point where it's 50-50 where there's men and women that are in that, that business. And then when you go to the next level, it might be 30-70 women to men. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. you go up to an even higher level, you might be the only woman in that role <laughs> yeah. working yeah. with men. And those men make so much money that their wives are able to stay at home and raise the children. So their wife doesn't work. And now all of a sudden, you've got a lot of perception, you know, being thrown at you that well, you have to carry yourself and hold your own. Because yeah. they, don't, they may not understand as well. And that's just that's no fault. That's just how, you know, the, they were raised or, or however their world is. And so the there's culture. a lot of things that as women we, try, we have to overcome, particularly in the workplace. And sometimes it's just easier to be quiet and maybe try to do it behind, mm-hmm. uh, navigate some things behind. But, you know, you are valuable. And as you, as any person, man or woman, but women in this scenario, because we're talking to women, you have something that no one else can offer. And that is you, your own uniqueness. And so right. it's valuable. And so it's learning how to navigate, um, you know, these ways that have been established in a productive way, but also standing your sacred ground, not shrinking, and allowing yourself to show up and contribute. Yeah. And I think it's so important for us to, to do that. Yeah, completely agree. And yeah, and dropping those comparisons and just one last point on that too is, you know, there, there was a time in our culture where when women were at that level, at that C-suite level or at that, you know, that executive leadership level, or even as an owner where they, you know, they used different tactics to be heard and seen. (laughs) Those are Mm -hmm. not necessary anymore. We're in a culture now where it is more acceptable for a woman to be in a leadership position. And one of my colleagues says, you know, we've got to lead from the neck up, not the neck down. And so it, it Mm -hmm. really is a matter of your mindset. When you walk into the room confident with a healthy self image, a healthy body image, all of that, then the men are going to react to you differently than if you walk in and it's obvious and apparent to them, to everyone through your energy, like we've talked that, that you are self-conscious or, acutely self-aware or you're fidgeting or all of these things. It, it It's a, it's a giveaway that there's insecurity in your mind. And so it's, it's got true. to start there. Absolutely yeah, has because, to start there. hundred percent. Because if you watch people in a, in a conference room, 
the men take up a lot of space. Yeah. They're, you know, they will, they, will t- they will spread their arms out and they will take up all kinds of space. And women kind of play it a little small. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just that whole body language in general is, is fascinating and interesting. But again, because we are constantly making judgments, uh, and we're not even all maybe aware of it, but it's our human nature to, to check off boxes. And so you, you're giving that perception. And so you wanted to, you know, take charge and gain respect so that people you know, listen to you. And you can do that by what, exactly what you're saying, which is, have, you know, caring yourself uh, positively, having that positive self-image, uh, you know, coming, showing up in your best self, what makes you feel good, which can go back to like clothes, you know, it's like, if, you know, if you, if you think you look good in that and you own it, then everyone's going to be like, oh my God, that looks so great on you. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. You know, that's <laughs> great on you. And so like yeah. owning just, when you feel comfortable and you feel good about, you know, your, your outfit or how you're carrying yourself, then that has this ripple effect in your entire, in your whole life. Yeah. Completely agree. So as we finish up this segment, talk with them a little bit about the, about what you do in your studio to bring out a comfort level. I mean, I know I've heard a lot of women before they go into the studio with you, they'll say, oh, I want to wait and drop a few pounds first or, oh, I wanted this, I wanted that. You know, you, you have an ability, uh, like I said earlier, a gift to bring out the beauty in women and to help disarm them and help them feel relaxed and free to express and be themselves in the studio. So how do you do that? And then share with us some of the comments that they make when they actually see the big reveal and see their images for the first time. People will tell me, tell me really quickly what everything's wrong. I mean, Mm -hmm. literally I went and it doesn't even have to be about themselves. I went to the house party on Saturday night and I have a adorable cat, Olive. And this, this couple has a cat. And I was like, oh, my God, look at your cute cat. And she goes, she has a hormone issue, and so she's a little fat. <laughs> like, <okay>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just funny because she told me exactly, you know, like whatever she was self-conscious about her own cat. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. so people always will, will, you know, they'll just say, you know, I have this side. It, it, you know, whatever. They just start telling me everything that they think a lot of times. And mm-hmm. so um, we have to break that down. And I understand how vulnerable that can be. But I also think that it's really important to exist in photographs. So that's why the photos and the big reveal is at the end. And also it's a completion of our artwork, our time together. So I believe that we are art, you know, like we, and because I say that, because I don't necessarily snap something in front of me. We are composing and getting the best image of yourself. And so we do that because, so the hair and makeup is a very important part of my process because it's a pamper session and it's, you're going to know and feel beautiful because we're going to collaborate this entire time. So before we even have our shoot, we're going to collaborate on wardrobe. So if you want a wardrobe consultation, if you want me to help you pick out what's going to look best in photographs, because the camera is a tricky instrument. This is why people don't necessarily like images of themselves because it distorts. And so we help you pick out the best, most flattering clothes. You come, you meet Chrissy, who is my hair and makeup artist, typically. And 
we talk through how you like your hair done, how you like your makeup. What do you want? Do you want to change your look throughout the shoot and go from something natural to more glam or do you just want to keep it in the natural realm? You know, kind of guiding through how they like, how much eyeshadow they like versus their lips or whatever. So we're talking through this whole thing and checking in, you know, so that you look and feel really great about your hair and makeup. Now, I know mm-hmm. people are always nervous, but nervous and excitement are the same energy. So maybe they're just excited and they're classifying it wrong. <laughs> I'm kidding. But they are the same energy. It's just you get a choice of how you want to look at it. But it's just it's a nerve-wracking thing. I've had my own shoot before, and so I understand that. So this is a really an experience that's sort of like what anything that I would do for a celebrity or a magazine type of shoot. So I'm looking at your outfit. We're really um, strategic, not, maybe not strategic, but thoughtful about what outfit goes on which backdrop with a different lighting scenario so that you create a vibe and you have different options uh, for your brand because when you're being represented in the marketplace and you have different platforms where your image is, is representing your business then they all have different look tone and feel and so you we want to shoot for that and then you know you might be someone different in your personal life than you are in your business life when you want to reflect that mm-hmm. um, you know you might just want to feel something. A lot of times women just want to feel something because we don't feel seen all the time and we don't always feel beautiful. And I believe that those things are very important for women. And so what we do is I make it very simple because I take control and I guide you and I show you how to get in the pose uh, and I guide you the entire time and I'm doing everything I'm posing and lighting, uh, based on body type a lot or and sometimes age, you know, some lighting might look good on an older person and some lighting might look good on a younger person. And then you pose people. And so when people say, I've got to lose 10 pounds or 20 pounds, then I say, I've got your 20 pounds in lighting and posing alone. Yeah. <laughs> and you're great at it. You're great. at. So, it. I, mean, that's of, I think that's one of your superpowers is, is posing women in flattering positions. Yeah. So it's, it's, and, and what I, I also, while I'm doing this all, I'm like educating people. So I'm teaching them sometimes how, like this, we're doing this because we're, we're we are coming up on our tiptoes because it makes your leg look longer. Yeah. Uh, we're pushing our chin out like a turtle and we're coming down or up or whatever because that is going to eliminate any kind of uh, double chin or any kind of, you know, when you're older, you, your neck skin starts to look a little different. Um, and then sometimes people have more of a defined jawline than others. And so, you, you know, you're trying to define that. And the camera distorts is an illusion. So what's closest to the camera is bigger and what's pushed away is smaller. And so you have to understand kind of angles, posing, and lighting to really capture this beautiful image. And then you just bring it out in the person because you are, I'm guiding them down to that how they're holding their finger, how they're holding their forehead. You know, don't suck your belly in because it makes your shoulders go up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tilt your pelvis back. I mean, all of these things, like we're going through this the entire time and then we're like laughing and we're cutting up and, you know, when I see something, it, it does not matter. Every shoot, there's something that stops me in my tracks and I let them know. 
So I'll be like, get it, girl. <laughs> or something. <laughs> I'm like, dang, oh my God, you're a man. You know, like I'm re- referring them re- because it's just true. It's amazing. And so yeah. we also play people's favorite music and, you know, kind of anything that's going to make you sing or dance. We try to get the whole vibe right and stuff like that. But really, you know, it's just creating that atmosphere of the experience and service guidance that really, I think, puts people at ease. And when they come back to see their images, that, well, before they even come to see their images, when they leave here, they'll say, I really needed this. Yeah. Or sometimes they say, thank you for making me feel beautiful. Mm. Sometimes they'll say, everyone, every woman needs to experience this. Or mm-hmm. you, you guys were professionals and you made that so much fun. You know, I hate getting my, I hate getting my picture taken, but this was fun. And yeah. like all of those things just fill my heart up with joy and make it sing. Like I could explode out of my chest. And then when they come back, they'll say, man, when I left there that day, I was floating. Or one woman was here and she, uh, she, she cried. And she, she said, it goes back to that comment that I made earlier, my sister was always the one on the wall mm. in my house. And then she could walk in my studio and 20 beautiful images of her on my wall. Wow. Yeah. That's I mean, empowering. It's just, mm-hmm. it, I mean, that ripple effect in their lives is, you know, they carry themselves differently. I had a woman tell me, she, she, there's two more things I want to say. One woman's friend, and both of these are friends because they were like, she probably would never tell you this. But my friend had that shoot with you and she told me that she had never felt more comfortable in her own skin than she did that day. Mm. And then that was a young girl. So then I had another woman tell me of her older friend. She came across me and she goes, you know, you know what? When so-and-so had their shoot with you a few months ago, she's been carrying herself different ever since. Wow. I was like, really? (laughs) That's amazing. Wow. You know? And then the thing about the prince, if that's a tangible representation of who you are. And so I've had clients go, yeah, some days I just go and I get in my box and I just look through these images and I'm like, oh, look how beautiful I really am. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just, you know, I love that. I mean, it's yeah. pretty amazing. I don't take it lightly. I am so grateful that I can provide this experience and this impact in someone's life. Mm-hmm. I know that because it's captured in a photograph, that it's going to outlive them. And somebody mm-hmm. one day is going to come and find that image. And then you think like, all right, you're a woman. When you can stand in your own personal power and look beautiful when it's captured and your daughter sees that, that gives her permission to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Versus her hearing you say something about how fat your arms are or your armpit fat or whatever it is. Because she hears that too, and that gives her permission to then kind of have a self-negative about herself. It could. So we have to be very mindful of these things, these messages that we're putting out, and what we're saying and how how we're leaving things behind. I talked to one woman who lost her love. His favorite place to be was flying in the sky somewhere. So we did a composite artwork where she's on a cliff walking up to him in the sky like in the heavens and so uh that was the representation of her 
uh, tribute to him. And she, he died of brain cancer and she was with him. He, she and his mother were with him um, through all of that until the end. And so we, that gives her a beautiful piece of artwork of herself where she gets to be the character in her own story, which in turn can be healing for her. Mm-hmm. And then I did the same thing for another client who is just her relationship with her husband and family had gone through this transformation and she had let go of, you know, a lot of parts of herself that weren't serving her. And those things were the things we've been talking about, which is judgmental, the judgmental person, the comparison person, you know, I'm now this like fun loving person and all this stuff. And so, um, we did a shoot that expressed like where she is now, but then we did artwork, which was really about, she has been, you know, when she goes through prayer and then she always sees herself at this field, uh, looking out at water because she's, uh, she's very connected to, to water. And so like the ocean and we talked about butterflies and birds. And so, you know, I went out and shot some locations and photographed her. And so now we've created this art piece where she's two different ones where one is she's surrounded by butterflies that represent the transformation. And then the other one is just looking out and there's birds and kind of things like that. So we create this artwork that in turn can be healing in addition to doing the hair and makeup and the out and the outfit changes. And so I've really started to offer that for clients, which is kind of cool to be a character in your own story. And so that's pretty special and unique that I love to provide for people as well. Yeah. And you're so great at that too. So, so, so good at that. Um, I, I love what you do. I think what you do is so important in the world and on behalf of all of us girls out here, thank you for caring enough to devote yourself to such a beautiful purpose in the world of helping us not only see ourselves differently and help us to, um, see ourselves with more gentleness and kindness, but to help us also show up better in the world and have more productive and successful lives as a result of spending time with you. So thank you for that, Judith. Oh, thanks. Oh, you're so welcome. I love it so much, but I want to offer it to every single woman that would allow me to provide this service and experience for them to, would allow me to show them the best version that they've ever seen. And then maybe change the way they see themselves and then let that ripple in their life. I don't, I'm still wondering how to overcome it, how we're going to overcome this together, but it starts with conversations like these. And so I am so grateful to be on this podcast, be with you, Diane, talking about this um, topic, this important topic for women in, in particular. And I just am so honored that to know you and the work you're doing and my, my work to complement that in some way for people. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. And if y'all want to learn more about Judith, I, again, I, I implore you to please go to her website. It's judithhillphotography.com. Take a look at the magic that she works in the world with women. And if you're interested in, in setting up a shoot with her, I, I highly recommend it. Um, and I know no matter where you're listening in the country, um, it's possible. I've, I know she, she can jet set. So, or maybe it's just an excuse to come to the it city. So come on to Nashville and, and, and spend a day with Judith. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope this has blessed you today. We'll talk next time. Bye-bye.
Ladies, if you'd like to go a little deeper with me, I've got a few options for you. Every month I give a live webinar and I've got some on-demand content at my new home at thelonelyentrepreneur.com. I've teamed up with this New York-based company and not only do you get some interaction with me every month, but they have a plethora of tools available to you as part of your membership there with me and everything you ever need to know about operating or opening your business can be found there. I'm so excited to be partnering with them and highly, highly recommend you check it out, thelonelyentrepreneur.com. And I've also got a retreat coming up in January. I would encourage you to sign up for that. I do it once a year and first come first serve, we go to Safety Harbor, Florida, which is an incredible spa resort that sits on five natural mineral springs. Can't wait to go. Love it, love it, and would love to have you join me. All right, and then watch for our annual symposium as well. Ladylikeleaders.com will give you all the info. Sign up for our e-letter, and you'll stay in the know. See you next time. Thanks for listening.